Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Vent. This is Fed Weekly. A collaboration between Vice and Brent 2020, London Borough of Culture. Let's get a cracking. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Nuruddin. And this is Vent Daily. This week, we're putting out an episode every single day. Every day, a Vent Weekly host, that's either me, Nuruddin, Santos or Amelia, is bringing a subject to the table that we want to talk about concerning mental health. I want to talk about loneliness in young people. I've invited assistant psychologist and loneliness researcher Molly Bird on to talk about loneliness in young people and why we find it so hard to talk about. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I'm Molly Bird. So I'm, as you say, an assistant psychologist research worker in the NHS. And I'm also a a member of the UCL Loneliness and Social Isolation and Mental Health Network. And that's really just to kind of um, fast track research, looking at loneliness and how that might um, be associated with mental health. Love that. Amazing. So, Nuruddin, you chose this topic yeah. and why did you choose it? I say I chose this one specifically because of experiences that I went through in the past. So like spending time on campus alone when I'm going to uni and never really, never really getting to comprehend my own company. So I feel like I began to miss friends and like miss family, which made me go back home straight away. I know that's not the same for you, Sabrina. You like lived out the three years straight at uni but I only went for a month and I came back because of like feeling away from home was like I just got homesick Mm -hmm. so like specifically I I wanted to speak about it because it's it's not spoken about it's it's not spoken about like at all not at all yeah and people need to hear it yeah I think I definitely relate to that because like you said I lived out for uni for three years but I only, my first year and second year was good, but I only felt proper lonely in my third year because I fell out with my uni friends. And I feel like when that happened, I didn't really, and my family wasn't there, so I didn't have family or friends. So obviously no. I was bound to feel lonely. But before we get into the conversation, Molly, could you just tell us what is loneliness? Yeah, sure. So loneliness is really to do with a subjective feeling and it's very distressing um, and as I'm sure you're kind of both aware and it's really to do with that perceived discrepancy or mismatch between desired relationships and your actual relationships and because it's a subjective feeling it's not to do with like an objective number of people you're around so you could be in solitude and be completely content with that and actually that might have been a conscious decision of yours or you could be surrounded by lots of people yet have a really deep sense of loneliness so it's more to do with that subjective feeling in terms of social connections does that kind of align with like your own kind of concept of loneliness yeah I'd say it does because as you said people in groups that may not seem to feel lonely may actually feel the worst feeling of loneliness like you don't really see it because it's not written on their face if you get what I'm saying like 
and you don't really see it coming across young people because you understand people that are older and have gone through more life situations and like they've they've built from stuff like you you'd understand them to be lonely maybe more than young people but we're seeing it grow within the mm. young community yeah definitely and actually Nuruddin that touches on quite an important point in terms of I think there's an assumption that it's kind of linear kind of through most age groups and then it suddenly peaks in older adults um, but actually the research shows yeah. that there's tends to be two peaks so some research found like this u-shaped curve wow. so obviously that peak in older age that most people kind of potentially assume which is maybe a wrong assumption it's not a normal part of aging um, but there's also this initial mm-hmm. peak in younger years so people kind of under 25 and also that old to peak in over 65 so absolutely it's something that is very prevalent in young people and something we need to prioritize definitely i think i'm definitely guilty of having that assumption because even myself i thought older people are bound to be more lonely and younger people are not especially what you see on tv and social media like on tv you see all these young people hanging out going clubs partying so how could they feel lonely and Molly, I just wanted to get deeper with the definition. Are there actual phases of loneliness? Yeah, so apparently at the research kind of stage of it at the moment, it seems that there's kind of two types. So you can kind of have like transient loneliness. It's kind of, it comes and goes. And that's kind of been seen as like a, from an evolutionary point of view as actually kind of a useful response for us to have, that you kind of have that sense of loneliness and it could really kickstart you or encourage you to socially reconnect. Um, but there's also this other type where it's more long term and that's when it becomes potentially a bit more of a problem and it can start to have a hit on our well-being and health. What do you think makes young people lonely? So the Office of National Statistics, they did a survey and they interviewed lots of kind of children up to early adulthood, so years 10 to 25 basically, um, and some common themes which came out from that in terms of what makes young people lonely um, is transitions, and I think we kind of touched upon that, kind of university, that jump from um, kind of being familiar yeah. with your hometown and then suddenly moving away from that. That base can be certainly yeah. something which feeds into people's loneliness. Um, I think things like negative life events, being bullied, having a disability, um, experiencing bereavement. These are all things that um, the young people surveyed felt that they found more difficult to move out of loneliness. Um, So there's a few factors there. Mm -hmm. And I think more anecdotally, um, people have mentioned like social media can be a big contribution to people feeling lonely. But I think that can also be seen as a positive. It can help people reconnect with kind of communities that they may not have um, been able to connect with maybe physically. 100%. 100%. Yeah. Now, um, on the social media point, I agree with you 100% because I became highly infused in the social media bubble recently. Um, I'm a producer, so like I make music um, and I have to have like clientele on social media to actually connect with because you're not really going to meet them on the street. So I had to build my producer profile and taking time to do that on the internet kind of equated to years, you know what I'm saying? So you, you kind of take those years out of your life to focus on your online profile to make sure that it's tip-top condition for people to connect with you. And in doing that, I saw like meetings and conversations with my friends that I'm meant to have in real life. They started to happen online and happening online more and more and more to the point where we don't even connect in real life anymore. So that whole element of social media, how it's made it convenient and stuff for us to communicate, it's kind of taken away that raw engaged environment that you you have me and your friends in real life 
I think my experience with social media is like similar to yours, Nuruddine. Um, so in university, for the first and second year, I would go out and I would drink alcohol. But in third year, I stopped drinking. And once I made that decision to stop drinking, I didn't really go clubbing anymore. So there was times where my friends would go and I would see it like on Snapchat, you know, people going out like those clubbing snaps on Instagram. And it did make me feel left out. Like, it made me feel like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, you know how people say FOMO, but they say it more in a casual way. Yeah. But I literally felt it. I was like, oh, my God, am I supposed to be there? But at the same time, I didn't want to go clubbing. Like, I don't even like the experience of clubbing anymore. I yeah. felt even more lonely seeing other people go out. Nirudin, have you ever had that feeling before? There's a lot of things that go on on campus that I can't really partake in. Um, for example, like drinking and all of this stuff that's that I can't do because of my faith. Um, and I didn't want to put myself in that situation where I have to deal with every single day seeing people do that stuff and also kind of influence me to do it as well in a way because you are peer pressurized by somehow. So I just took myself out of that bubble it was right for me to come back home, be around my family again. And I just felt at ease. Like I felt just, you know what I'm saying, back to normal, back to routine. So I think it's really important, kind of uh, interesting what you were saying, Nuruddin, about kind of feeling excluded and kind of in terms of the research, looking at the opposite of loneliness, it's, there's kind of like a consensus that it's like social connectedness. And some people kind of theorise, well, what does that mean? And one of the elements of that is kind of a sense of belonging. So if you were kind of, mm -hmm. um, due to kind of what, like uh, university cultural pressures of like drinking and stuff, you didn't feel that you could, am yeah. I right in thinking that? Kind of you didn't feel like that sense of belonging, you might have felt excluded from that, that kind of pushed yeah. you away and, and kind of made you feel like lonely and stuff. No, exactly. Because yeah. it's, it's a whole needing to feel included like situation when you're at university. So trying to break out of that bubble is, is the hard part. But then when you do, you never really go back into mm. it. If you get what I'm saying? It's kind of like a sphere. Um, but Sabrina, you kind of touched upon it when you told us about your third year and you didn't, you stopped drinking and you kind of like yeah. excluded yourself from that situation. So I feel like there, there are many situations many um, decisions we have to make in life that kind of they're a make or break and they'll they'll change the way and shape the way that our lives are like for the future when when you were at university did you have like people obviously who are, who are muslim as well and similar to you and felt the same i did but they had a different way of dealing with it they stayed until 30 or till now they're still there do you know what i'm saying and they and it doesn't mean that you're you're breaking if you're leaving or it's just that's the decision you've you've made so props to them major props to them so molly did you go to university and did you like live out and have maybe a similar experience to me and nuruddin yeah so i did move out as well and went to university um and actually for me i found actually the transition between junior school and secondary school more challenging and i think it was there wow, that I had really? yeah a little bit different to you guys and i think for me that was because at junior school um i had kind of like I feel like the expectation is like a smaller, tight-knit group of friends. So I had like two best friends yeah. and that was working really well. And then when I moved to secondary school, suddenly I felt kind of like a social pressure that you should broaden out your network and you should have <laughs> like triple 
fall that of junior school and have a little yeah, game exactly, yeah. expand <laughs> it um, and I think I found that quite challenging and kind of stuck with my two best friends and kind of tried to navigate different social groups um, but I felt that I didn't quite fit in in a way that they did and actually like my yeah. behavior even started to change like I um, actually turned quite withdrawn and didn't talk as much in those groups to the point where someone in that group said to my one of my best friends you know is Molly normal is it normal for her just to sit and watch or like not talk um so I think that was quite a clear that example of actually your behavior may change as well if you're feeling uncomfortable if you don't fit in and that can kind of feed into loneliness as well so yeah I think I had it kind of earlier on when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I find London to be in lonely city because... Everyone's moving and got things to do, but no one's really paying attention to each other. Personally, I don't find London to be a lonely city because I feel like I'm comfortable within myself. So I'm when I'm not with other people, I'm able to kind of like entertain my own thoughts. I don't know if I find London to be a lonely city or I find British culture to be separated because it's a very packed city with a lot of people in it and there's always stuff to do. So seeing as we all live in London and we know London has a lot of flats, blocks and high rise buildings. Um, I read somewhere that living in high rise buildings actually increases the feeling of loneliness. So what would you have to say about that, Molly? Does Is it an actual fact? Because I don't know, being closer to the sky, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how that has a correlation with feeling alone, but... If you can enlighten us. Yeah, so I think the evidence is a bit um, mixed at the moment. Um, some says that actually living higher up is better for your mental health and some says the opposite. So I think, to be honest, it's quite mixed and there's no clear okay. answer to that. But what there does yeah. seem to be evidence for is that actually um, living in more socially dense areas, so kind of like London, urban settings, there are higher rates of loneliness than more rural areas, which might come as like a shock. You'd think more people, maybe you'd have more chance to socially connect. But actually there's kind of this like yeah. lost in a crowd situation. Um, yeah. which seems to be apparent especially in london yeah yeah if you look at the tfl like you can't spot one person it's just crazy and so. yeah i do it like literally when i'm walking at the train station i don't want to talk to no one i don't want to see no one i just want to walk heads down headphones mm. in right a hundred percent so I, c- I can definitely understand that so we all seem to be like quite comfortable talking about loneliness here it's like a safe haven little s- circle but why is it not spoken like as we are speaking about it here, like it's such a nice conversation we're having here. It's very open, very, very flowing, but it's very taboo to be speaking about it amongst young people. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. Absolutely. There's a massive stigma um, in saying that you're lonely. I think, and I'd like to know your thoughts on this as well, but I think it kind of goes against societal expectations of being a young person. Uh, I think we're told to kind of have like a thriving social life, to be surrounded by lots of friends. So kind of saying, actually, I'm feeling lonely at the moment is kind of going against that societal expectation. And I think that's um, potentially 
factor adding to the stigma. Um, definitely. What are your kind of thoughts on it? I definitely feel the same because when I was at uni, obviously I had my home friends and we all went to different unis. So my friends would be like in Bristol, Leicester, Coventry, and they were all having the time of their life. And I could see from like their snaps and everything. And I wouldn't really speak about it much with my friends, maybe because they were having mm. such a good time. I maybe did feel a sense of like, oh, like maybe embarrassment and just feeling like, oh my God, like they're having such a good time. Like I should be as well. But I feel like I especially felt it with my family because I didn't want to worry my parents. So there would be times where they would FaceTime me a lot because obviously I'm out at uni. And there would be times where I didn't even FaceTime them at all. And my mom would just be like, oh, do you not want to speak to us anymore? Are you having so much yeah. fun that you don't want to talk to us? But really and truly, yeah. I didn't want to speak to them because if I saw my mum on my brother's face, I'd probably start crying. And there was like one or two times where I would be on FaceTime and I would just randomly start crying. And then it's the questions after like, oh, why are you crying? What's going on? Why don't you just come home? And I don't a part of me doesn't even want that sympathy. Like, I don't want that, yeah. oh, like, come home, da, da, da. Like, I'm fine. But when I see my family's face, I just start crying. <laughs> so I feel like it was that, that sense of embarrassment and uncomfortable feeling. But Nuruddin, did you, like, speak about with your family or your friends? I kind of internalised it. I feel like internalising it, I thought I could deal with it on my own and stuff. And just, I didn't really feel like, oh, right, I am lonely, like, I'm by myself. Because I was thinking of it as the actual physical, what is going on right there and then, I am by myself, like, I am alone. So I could say that I was lonely, do you know what I'm saying? Have you ever um, felt like, and I want to ask this to Molly as well, where you're scared to tell someone because you feel like they're going to say, oh, well, if you're by yourself, maybe you've put that on yourself? I know the people that I would tell, if I were to tell them, would say that. So that's why I didn't really, again, I told you I internalised it, I didn't really tell them because of answers like that. Yeah, so I think kind of looking at the stigma side of things, I think kind of what you were both saying about kind of like feeling like embarrassed or like it might be a burden to talk about it. I think they're really common um, kind of issues associated with it, there being a stigma of something. But I think um, it's so important to kind of take that first step, kind of label what's going on and to kind of express that with people um, and have that just kind of go with it, trust it. Um, and in terms yeah. of kind of personal life, I have always felt it's been a really massive relief when I've spoken to someone about it. And I think actually even that conversation, opening up to someone about what's been bothering you that is in itself quite socially connecting I find and actually mm -hmm. in that moment you can feel quite connected to someone as opposed to kind of being on your own and have been alone with your thoughts. So Molly I just wanted to ask on a macro level scale what is being done to tackle loneliness like amongst the young people? Yeah, so I think kind of in light of COVID, the government's launched a new plan to tackle loneliness during this time in lockdown. And they've kind of released a statement about this. So they said that they're um, launching an increased funding to loneliness charities specifically with a guaranteed £5 million boost for national loneliness okay. organisations. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah, Five yeah definitely. Million. I suppose it's less clear how much of that proportion is going to go specifically to young people, organisations, yeah. but definitely it's a really positive step. So the way that we deal with loneliness with older people and the way we deal with it with younger people, is it the same or does it vary? 
I think because um, there's kind of different stresses for young people and old people and different reasons why yeah. someone may be developing loneliness in those two age groups, I think our response has got to be different. I don't know about you guys, but I feel like the experience of loneliness as a young person is bound to vary from those of kind of experiencing it as an older person. What do you guys think? Do you think it's different? With young people as well, not in every case, obviously, but there's more hope. Like I can like grow older and get a husband and have a family of my own. Whereas when you're much older... Like you've lived your life. So maybe chances of you yeah. getting married again or having children again is much more lower than young people. So there's always, with young people, there's always like a hope for the future. Maybe it can change. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With loneliness, I think because it is that modifiable thing, it's something that we can look into intervening and hopefully reduce. And that can have a really um, positive impact on someone's well-being. Molly, I just wanted to add that you're a member of the UCL Loneliness and Social Isolation in Mental Health Network. What works are they taking to combat loneliness? Yeah, so they're a, a network based at UCL, Division of Psychiatry. Love and that. really, their yeah, yeah, and their role has been to kind of fast track research into looking at the association between loneliness and mental health. Mm-hmm. And I think the approach they've taken is really a positive one. So they're doing a multidisciplinary approach. So not just looking from a kind of psychological or psych- psychiatric point of view, but also kind of getting people like historians who are kind of tracing loneliness over time involved, getting kind of architects who are looking at like the design of loneliness and how that can impact on our well-being and looking at like philosophers who are kind of kind of debating even like what's the meaningness um, of loneliness so it's kind of really and I'm sure loads more kind of third sector organizations so like grassroots approaches to what can be done to tackle loneliness so they've taken quite a broad approach and getting all those areas of expertise to hopefully get more understanding Mm -hmm. of what loneliness means and how we can um, support Mm -hmm. people to reduce their loneliness it just shows like how much aspects there are to loneliness because in my mind in the beginning I thought loneliness was just a simple word and a simple definition like it just means you're lonely but there's so much other things Mm -hmm. that come with it and it's connected to so many other things but from your research and from studying it what do you feel like are the best ways to tackle and and things that we can do to stop feeling lonely or help the feeling of loneliness so in terms of like the um, government launch that I spoke about a little bit earlier, they've also published some kind of advice on what you can do if you're feeling lonely. So their three tips are the first one being kind of try to keep in touch with your friends, family, other networks that you might have in place. And I think that's a really important one. Uh, the second one is asking for help. So I know we spoke about that that can be a bit of a taboo subject, but hopefully kind of raising awareness through like chats today, that can feel a little bit more, you know, more able to do that. So definitely if you're feeling this way, do try and reach out, reach out for help. It's so important. And the last one is kind of setting routine. So this could be including volunteering, kind of doing regular tasks, online activities. And again, I think getting that structure into your day, um, I've certainly found really helpful. So I think they're the things you can do if you're lonely. I wanted to ask Nudi, just going back to like feelings of loneliness and how you tackle it. I want to know if you spoke about with people and what you've done to tackle your own loneliness. Luckily, I, it was transient and I didn't, I don't feel the same now. So I didn't really speak to anyone about it which I should have because now I know that like feeling some certain types of way and not knowing what you're going through but actually speaking about it afterwards you kind of realize what you did go through so I've I've come to that understanding but again life's not always that easy you know what I'm saying so I I had to learn up the hard way but yeah came out of it a better man stronger Good. And Molly, what would you say your last bit of advice is for anyone who's feeling lonely? 
I think it's definitely to speak up about it. Um, I know there's a youth-led campaign actually specifically for young people by the Co-op Foundation. They've got a campaign called We Are Lonely But Not Alone. And it's all about raising awareness and encouraging specifically young people to talk about loneliness. Um, and that's kind of after finding that only a quarter of people, young people, feel confident about talking about loneliness. Um, so they've got kind of a Twitter handle, hashtag lonely not alone. So I think that's trying to kind of raise awareness of that. So I think, oh. yeah, definitely speaking out is like the first, uh, such an important first step. Molly, I want to thank you for coming on today. Well, thanks for having me, guys. All right. I want to thank you a lot. I know that you can go in and out of loneliness and, and there's like a, a type of loneliness that you like actually are so deep in that you can't get out. Those two distinctions made it clear to me that now like if I find anyone going through it, I can kind of determine which one it is. And if a friend told me that they were lonely now, I feel like I would like be able to understand them a bit better now. I just hope that people who hear this know that they're not the only ones and loads of people are going through it as well. Thank you for listening to Vent Daily. I've been Nuruddin. And I've been Sabrina. And thanks a lot to Molly for coming on. You can find Molly on Twitter at MollyBird underscore and UCL Loneliness Network at UCL underscore loneliness. This episode was produced by the Vent production team. Jess Lawson, Amelia Gill, Moeed Majid and Arlie Adlington. Vent is a collaboration between Vice and Brent London Borough of Culture 2020. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.